I'm Christina May, the online pastor at World Harvest Church in Enid, Oklahoma. You're about to hear a spirit-filled message from our pastor. So grab your Bible, and if you're a coffee lover like me, grab a cup of coffee and get ready for a personal word that God has for you today. Grab your Bibles. Let's get ready to get into the Word of God. A good Again, it's good to see everybody that's here today. Let me just mention this real quickly. I know I have questions about our COVID protocols. Uh, just to remind everybody, we do sanitize before and after each service. And also, we have this far north section over here set up for physical distancing, okay? The roads are kind of sectioned off. There's a lot more space over there. So if anybody chooses to do that, and we are a mask-friendly church. And so please wear a mask if you want to wear a mask. Nobody's going to look at you any differently. Uh, I seen the coolest mask yesterday at a funeral that I did. It was the picture of a tiger. And so I had to look two or three times because it looked like the woman had a face of a tiger by the way her mask was. And I thought, oh, that is a cool mask. And so I uh, want you to know what we're doing. Uh, we, we do treat it with wisdom. Uh, we don't just stick our head in the sand, pretend it's not there. We do have several World Harvest people that are dealing with the effects of COVID. And like I said, during the communion time, we're speaking and believing that everybody is touched in the name of Jesus and the no disease germ shall come to our dwellings. And when it does, it's got to die in Jesus' name. So all of you that are watching online dealing with COVID, because I know nobody's here in the sanctuary right now, right? But everybody that's watching online dealing with COVID, we just speak the healing power of Jesus Christ over you. Let's uh, grab your Bible, grab your device, let's go to the Father God in prayer, and let's get into the message today. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time that we can come gather together here in this place today. And Lord, our hearts do stir, Father, for the new. Lord, you said you were doing something new, Lord God. And Father, we embrace that here today, Lord God. Father, we stir our faith, we grab a hold of hope today. And Lord, no matter what situation that we may be in right now, no matter the circumstances that are swirling around us, Lord God, Father, as our life is in you, our trust is in you today, Lord God, Father, we just ask that you just continue to work mightily on our behalf. Lord, as we seek you and as we serve you, Lord, we trust you with the rest in Jesus' name today. Amen and amen. I want you to open up your Bible with me. Actually, to two verses real quickly. This is a, this first verse I just want to share with you real quickly. Tammy mentioned it there during our flow time. But Psalm 65, 11. Psalms chapter 65, verse 11, the New Living Translation. Listen to this. It says this. It says that you crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even, listen to this, the hard pathways overflow with abundance. I believe that is a principle of the Word of God that he wants to for us to get a revelation of, to walk in the goodness. I think we all can say that 2020 was a year that tried us all. It tried our faith, it tried our patience, it tried us in many ways. You know, the first of 2020, a year ago, this time, I mean, I remember the expectation that I had. And I remember those first several months of 2020. I remember the thoughts thinking, well, that would never happen. This will never, we'll never experience this. But you know, by the end of the year, it was like, it could happen, right? But the good thing is that Jesus is still the King of Kings and he is still the Lord of Lords. He's still on the throne today, amen? And so I'm gonna share with you just a message that's stirring in my heart and launching into a new series. Let me read 1 Corinthians chapter three this morning before I really dig into why you see the title page up there that you see. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starts out in verse 1. I'm reading in the New Living Translation. It says this. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, 
Now, when you see that reference, that's speaking to the, to, to the body of Christ, to Christians. How many of y'all know Jesus today? How many of y'all love Jesus today? Let me hear you. Amen. So I believe this scripture is for all of us today. He says, dear brothers and sisters, he <coughs> says, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would do spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world, as though you were infants in the Christian life. I want you to see that, infants in the Christian life. Verse 2, I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. You, underline this in your Bible if you can or highlight it, you still aren't ready. Verse 3, for you are still controlled by your what? Everybody help me out what? Sinful nature. Everybody say sinful nature. You're still controlled by your sinful nature. You're jealous of one another. <laughs> Listen to this. You quarrel with each other. You fight on Facebook. Oh, excuse me. That added that, didn't I? <laughs> We're preaching now, aren't we, brother? <laughs> Doesn't that prove that you're controlled by your what? Sinful nature. Aren't you living like people of the world? Of course, then it goes on. Then I'm going to stop there, but the following verses it talks about how there's divisions that have risen in the church. And I tell you, that passage of Scripture has just been resonating in my heart really the last several months. You know, it's in this that we see Paul really identifying that there are different levels of maturity spiritually. In other words, he's saying, man, I would love to teach you some of the deep things of the gospel, but I can't. You can't handle it yet. You're still babies in Christ. You're, you're not ready. You're not growing. See, I believe that we are all on a journey of growing up. And I'm not talking just about physically, because how many of y'all know growing physically just naturally happens, right? Come on, the calendar flips. You turn a year older. You know, the older we get. You know, it seems like uh, our, we, we get the furniture disease where the chest drops down into the drawers. I don't know if some of y'all experienced that, right? You know, and, and so the maturing physically naturally happens. But spiritual maturity is a process that has to be something that is intentional that we engage to grow spiritually. Growing up spiritually just does not happen. Even in this room right now, with those that are watching online right now, there are many different levels of spiritual maturity. And, and just to have a little fun with that, I want you to, if you're close enough to somebody, look at them right quick and tell them, grow up. Now, some of y'all, it's a little fun to do, right? Come on, grow up. Come on, everybody say, I need to grow up. We see Paul identifying this. He says, I really would like to teach you some greater things. I really would like to give you some great revelations, but you're not, you can't handle it. It's kind of like a baby, you know, a, a three-month-old baby, you don't start feeding them steak right away. you got to give them what? The milk, the simple things. And I, I believe that if there's one thing that 2020 revealed to us, it revealed to us that the church and the, as a whole, the American Christian, ooh, this may be a little hard to take, the American Christians seem to be a little immature as a whole. I'm not talking about you in the 9 o'clock service. I'm talking about those that will come in the 11 o'clock service and everybody else. <laughs> you got out of bed and got to the 9 o'clock service. You do know I'm joking, correct. But I believe if there's anything that the last nine months revealed to us, 
that maybe we weren't quite as spiritually uh, fit as maybe we thought we were. Because, including myself, we went on a journey those last nine months of 2020. We went on a journey of really realizing and looking at our faith. We went on a journey of really trying to wrap our mind up how much do we really trust God. And for many, it's, it was a journey. It was full of ups. It was full of downs. It was full of worries. It was full of fears. But hopefully, you ended the year full of faith, full of hope full of strength. Amen? So I, I believe that just as we read there in that Psalm 65, that the Lord crowns this year with his goodness. And he makes pathways, amen, in the wilderness, you know? So we're on this process of growing up. Um, you know, does anybody remember going to elementary school? Anybody remember your days of elementary? Uh, you know, I don't know why I have this memory distinctly etched into my brain from my first day of first grade. Now, we lived, when I was young, 20 miles south of Perryton, Texas, and so that was back in the day that you, kindergarten was an option. And so, because we lived on a, on a farm, there as a half farming and half ranching operation, you know, we stayed home to help with the ranch. And so, we started school in first grade. And so, I don't know why, but I still re remember the first few moments of sitting in my first grade classroom at whatever age, what age would I have been? Six? Seven went around in there. Still have this thought, thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to do this for 12 more years? With this sense of reluctance. I was like, oh my gosh. And here I am today, 53 years of age. I don't know why I still remember that. But you know, for all of us, we can think back into our school days, our elementary days, and it was quite a process. And I just was kind of curious to know just... Uh, what another perspective might be of the elementary years of our life. Many of y'all know Brother Scott Allen, who is our principal at Monroe School. Continue to keep, keep Brother Scott in our prayers. Uh, he has been dealing with the effects of COVID since October the 20th. Uh, it has attacked his heart, and we are believing that that heart is being fully restored so that he can get back to work. We need a miracle. And Brother Scott, I know Scott's watching right now. Scott, we're praying for a miracle for you. We believe it's happening. Uh, so I asked Scott, I said, what's the primary purpose of elementary school? Uh, and this is what his response. He said this. He said, to me, it is all about developing a strong, unwavering foundation. A foundation socially, academically, and behaviorally. If that doesn't exist, they won't reach their full potential. In one word, he said this. It's all about foundation. Foundation. And so... I'm launching into a series today called Elementary because I truly do believe that God has great things in store for each and every one of us. I believe that we're all on a journey of faith today. And just like a child going into the first grade, unless he successfully passes the first grade, he's not going to go to the second grade, so on and so forth. Success and promotion only comes as there is a level of maturity that is displayed, that is tested, that is acted upon. I believe it is the same way for us to experience all that God's got for us in this year of 2021 that we probably need to, don't take offense to this unless you need to be taken offense to, it's time that we grow up. Come on, we need to grow up. 
Come on, look at your neighbor that you told them to grow up a minute ago, and you look at them and tell them, say, I need to grow up. Amen. Come on now. Now, y'all didn't give as much vigor into that as you did telling that other neighbor to grow up. But I believe that we all need to grow up. And in order for us to grow up, we've got to be able to have a revelation, really, of some basic things of the Word of God. See, our life is on a trajectory. It's on a trajectory. And, and, and Newton's second law of motion, I don't know if y'all remember that. Newton's second law of motion says this, that a body in motion at a constant velocity will remain in motion in a straight line. Come on, say this last part with me. Unless acted upon by a what? By an outside force. In other words, this is telling every one of us that in our life's trajectory that we're on right now, that you're going to continue to get what you've always gotten unless you allow a force to act upon you, causing you to go in either a different direction or an adjustment of direction. And I dare to say that there are forces. We had forces acting on us in the last nine months. There was external forces. There was traumatic events that happened. There was uh, 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 roadblocks, you know, metaphorical roadblocks that popped up in a road. There's those external forces that happen. There's tragedies. There's life that happens. There's also the internal things that can happen, emotional breakdowns, dealing with all the internal issues. But this is what I believe that we as the body of Christ, I don't want us to have the same thing that we've always gotten. I want us to get something more. I want us to get something better. I want more in my life than I've experienced in my life before. Amen? Come on, if I keep doing what I've always done, help me out, church, I'll always get what I've always got. You know what that's a definition of? Insanity. That's one of the definitions of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. I dare to say that there are many insane people around here today. Maybe you are one or you're sitting next to one. Well, let me tell you in our life, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. So if I'm tired of getting what I've always got, I need to go back to the beginning and start doing something different. I need to change my motion. The motion, the trajectory of my life needs to change. And I dare to say that every one of us, including myself here today, there's probably a a trajectory of our life that if we allow some force to come in, the word of God to apply to our life, to get us to a higher level, that if we work on it now, we'll end up at the end of this year a whole lot better than we started this year. I pray that this be your best year yet. And the only way it's going to be your best year yet is if we make it our best spiritual year yet. If we apply the principles of the word of God into our lives. Amen. So in this new series, elementary has to do with the basic disciplines of our life. Because I've been saying this, success in life is not determined by what you do one time, but success is experienced as we implement proper disciplines in our life day after day, week after week, month after month. It's the little things that we can bring into our lives and make the adjustments that will change the trajectory of our life. Some of the things we'll be talking about here over these next several weeks, we're going to talk really about what does salvation mean? What, what, how do we pray? What does stewardship look like? What, what does servant-based leadership look like? What about walking in faith? How about the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives? And fasting and dying to the flesh. And, and so I want to just, that last one there, the fasting part, dying to our flesh. Let me just address that here just for a few moments. First of all, what is fasting? 
What is fasting? It's a practice that for years that not much had been heard about unless you was raised in a church that, that experienced fasting. I, I grew up in a church. We didn't fast in at church. We just ate fast when I grew up. Come on, how many of y'all was to one of those churches right there? I mean, it's kind of obvious, right? Fasting, to be honest with you, was a foreign subject to me for many years. But over these last several years, it seems like the body of Christ as a whole has really embraced the principle of fasting once again. And I believe there's benefits in that. Let's just take a look at a few things. Let's look at a couple of scriptures right quick. Romans chapter 8. Now, there's a couple of scriptures we're going to look at today that we looked at last week. But in Romans chapter 8, I want us to look at this scripture in, in the New Living Translation. It says this. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 says, those who are dominated by what? Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, come on, help me out, church, think about things that what? Please the Spirit. Verse 6, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting your spirit control your mind leads to what? Life and peace. Verse 7, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. So again, we see identified here a battle that we're in, a struggle that we are in. Now, I don't have time to really dig in like I'd like to here this morning, but I truly believe that we are spiritual beings having a temporary earthly experience. That when this body of ours shuts down, when it quits, however that happens, whether naturally or by accident or trauma or whatever, when this body quits, I believe what Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I believe what Jesus said when he was on the cross of Calvary and one of the other guys was being crucified with him, said, Lord, would you remember me? And Jesus made a statement. He said, this day, he said, today, this day, you will be with me. Not sometime in the resurrection, not after an eternal sleep. He said, this day. I embrace the theology that when I die, that my spirit is immediately in the presence of God what I believe. But on this side of heaven, I've got a battle that I've got to fight. Amen. Just real quickly as a second illustration, just help me out real quickly here. Uh, uh, Dion, come help me out here uh, right quick. Levi, help me out. Just come right here because I don't have time to bring you up on here on the stage. Let me just grab my hands, both of you guys, and face out to the audience. So in other words, if we are a three-part being, let me just illustrate this real quickly. If I've got my spirit man over here on this side of my, my, my God side, my God nature, and I've got my flesh side of me over here on this side over here, I kind of like that, man. I like my spirit man looking pretty good today. Not that you don't look de good, Dion, but you know, this guy a little younger, he's a he good-looking kid, isn't he? But anyway... So in other words, I've always got these natures working on me. I've got my spirit side wanting to pull me to the God things in my life, but I've got my flesh side of me always trying to pull me over to what my flesh side wants. You know, the voice of the flesh is those five senses. It's what I see, smell, touch, hear. In other words, the flesh is always about comfort. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? Come on, it's always about the comfort. It's, always what, it's about what I want. But my God side of me, my spirit man, is always about what God wants. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 talks about how the Holy Spirit bears witness with my, my spirit, showing me things to come. So I connect with God through my spirit side. I connect through the world through my flesh side. So just as we read there in the passage of Scripture we just read, there is a battle that is raging on between these two, right? There's a battle that's raging on. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I read this last week. Let me read it again. Put that up there on the screen for me. It says this, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs? In other words, we're all on a journey, right? Go ahead and go to the next verse. Next verse, verse 25, says this, all athletes are disciplined. There's the D word. Everybody say disciplined. disciplined. 
All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize. They will fade away. But we do it for a what? In other words, our journey of life that we're on is all about really eternity, right? It goes on and says this. I run with purpose in every step. In other words, come on, our life is on a trajectory. Go ahead to the next verse there. The next verse says this. He said, I do what? I just, come on, everybody say discipline. I discipline my body like an athlete. In other words, in this makeup of our lives between our spirit side, the God side, and the flesh side, the worldly side. Paul says this, he says, I discipline this side of my life so that this side can reign bigger. In other words, the principle of this, which one of these is stronger, it's whichever one you're giving attention to. Now, we're really good at taking care of the flesh, right? Come on, some of y'all can't go more than two or three hours without eating food. Because we got to have this. But the sad thing is, how many times are you feeding your spiritual side? So I'm going to come out, show up on Sunday and say, feed me, pastor. And if it's every Sunday, we're really lucky because you're out of the norm. The average Christian only attends church now about one, once in every six weeks. Now, that was pre-COVID numbers. That's pre-COVID. So I'm concerned about us as the body of Christ. Because we're spending so much time now on the, the worldly side of us. Are we really spending time on the spiritual side of us? And it's very obvious which one is going to win the battle is which one I'm allowing to have first place in my life. Give these guys a big hand there. Thank you, guys. Paul said, I discipline that. I discipline my body. So what, what is fasting? Fasting quiets the voice of the flesh where we can hear God clear in our life. See, prayer connects us to God, but fasting disconnects us from the world. The number one enemy to living a spirit-led life, I truly believe it's the influence of the flesh on our life. So fasting, the principle of fasting is denying our flesh of something that it wants to bring it under the control of the God side of us, our spirit nature. In other words, that's what discipline is. Every parent understands the principle of discipline with a child. Parents, if you don't discipline your children to make right choices, you're going to end up with a very spoiled, self-centered child. Come on, anybody know an adult that is very self-centered and spoiled? Don't look at your neighbor right now. You may think you're thinking about them. Come on, discipline is a good thing, right? Spiritually speaking, unless we have discipline in our life, we will always struggle with the flesh. And I tell you, I hear so many stories of people falling into the trap of sin anymore. I mean, I hear the, the stories of 2020, many pastors that fell into the trap. Listen, we've got to discipline, bring discipline to our lives. Discipline is a good thing, amen? So why do we fast? That's what fasting is, so why do we fast? See, fasting, why we do it is, is we, again, we're aware of the battle of the flesh, and it's the battle that we've got to fight every day of our life, and it's a battle that many people are losing today. So I believe that fasting is a great principle, especially at the beginning of a year, to begin to position ourselves for all that God's got for us. Let me give you another scripture in Galatians chapter 5. I read Romans chapter 8. Let me read you Galatians chapter 5 this morning. Galatians 5 verse 16 says this. He said, so I say, let the Holy Spirit, What? Guide your lives. Anybody want to be driven by the Holy Spirit and guided by the Holy Spirit today? So let him guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. The Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two factors, here we see it again. 
They are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. Again, we see the battle of the flesh. You see, it's a matter of winning the battle over our flesh so that we can walk in the fullness of all that God has for us. I don't know if you've ever used this phrase as a child, well, the devil made me do it. <laughs> Let me tell you, that is simply not true. The devil can't make you do anything. I believe sometimes, listen to me, I think we give the devil way too much credit for some of our issues. I think the biggest problem we have in our lives is us many times. Amen. I hear people say, well, pastor, I just couldn't help myself. You're stupid. That's a lie. Come on, you and I have the ability to win the battle over the flesh. If you're one of those, well, I just couldn't help myself. I, I just couldn't help myself. I had to take a look. I couldn't help myself. I had to do this, whatever it may be. I had to take the drink. I had to shoot. I just couldn't help myself. Let me tell you what your problem is. You're just too weak. You're an immature Christian. And it's time that you go to elementary and grow up. Amen. Come on, look at somebody beside you. Want to get again. Have some fun with it. Come on, tell them to grow up. Grow up. Come on, you can help yourself. Listen, you don't accidentally sin. All sin is premeditated. Come on, you don't screw up. All screw-ups are premeditated. You went there here before you ever went here on the outside. Mm, that's good preaching, Pastor. Amen, thank you for that. I'll keep preaching then. <laughs> See, it's really about bringing our will. You know what our will, our will, ours, our wants. Bringing our will into submission with God's will. And I believe we've got to win the battle of the flesh by winning the battle of the wills. There's God's will and there is our will. See, we even see this with Jesus when he was wrestling in the Garden of Gethsemane before his crucifixion. Where in Luke chapter 22, verse 42, he said this. He says, Father, if it be your... Come on, what? There's a will of the Father for our lives. He said, if it be your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, come on, everybody say it with me. Not my will, but yours. Church, this needs to be our cry and our prayer for this year, 2021. Lord, not my will, but your will be done. It's which side that we will allow to have control of our lives. Which side are you feeding? Are you feeding the spiritual side? I hope you are. You're doing it right now. But don't let the spiritual feeding just be something you do in a 45-minute or, excuse me, an hour and 20-minute message on a Sunday morning. There is no excuse for us not to be feeding ourselves spiritually every day of our life. We are living in such a resource-rich era. Man, we've got the Bible app on our phones now. We've, we've got all this stuff. You've got podcasts. You've got the, you, you can go to uh, work and somebody be reading the Bible while you go to work. These are all things that feed your spirit. Take advantage of those things. And I remember early on in my life, you didn't have access to all that stuff. In fact, we've got so much access now that we, so many people, we don't even use it sometimes because there's just so much of it. So much of it. And, and I just challenge you in the, in the principle of fasting. I believe that we all need to work on dying to our flesh. And I challenge you, starting tomorrow for 21 days, find something in your life that you can fast for the next three weeks. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's sugar. <laughs> don't let me go there, right? <laughs> You know, for years, we used to do the Daniel fast. I mean, it was basically just a vegetarian diet for three weeks. I thought the first time I did a Daniel's fast, I thought, oh, that's no big deal. No meat for 21 days. After two days, I realized I was a good old Oklahoma boy, and I love my meat. <laughs> but the flesh needs to be disciplined. I just 
challenge every one of you to pray about what it is that maybe you could fast for these next 21 days. Some of y'all just need to fast negativity. <laughs> yeah. I said it a minute ago. Some of y'all wouldn't hurt to get off social media for 21 days. You might find you'd be more at peace. <laughs> Amen. Pray about it. Because this is my third and final thought. Let me just wrap up here with this. Fasting is about positioning yourself to receive all God has for us. We see many examples of fasting. Daniel, in the book of Daniel, he fasted. We read about a 10-day fast, and we also read about a 21-day fast. Every time in the Bible that we see somebody needing a breakthrough from God, they always prayed and they fasted. In fact, Jesus even said there on the mountain, on the side of the mountain in Matthew chapter 6, when he's given what we know as the Sermon on the Mount, he made a statement that says, when you fast, he didn't say if you fast, he said when you fast. You know what he was really saying? See, because fasting was, was a standard discipline of uh, the Jewish people that time. It wasn't if you fasted, it was when. We've lost that. We, we, we see uh, uh, Esther. Many of y'all know the great story of Esther. Whenever she realized she had to stand up for the people, she told her uncle Mordecai, tell the people to fast and to pray for three days. Total fast. There's all kinds of different fasts. I don't have time to go into it. There's food fast. Some, you know, 21 days like the Daniel fast. Total fast where you don't eat any food, just drink water. Jesus himself, he went on a total fast for 40 days before he started the ministry. When he was called by God to start the ministry, he immediately says he went to the wilderness and for 40 days he fasted. You know, we read about Daniel fasting. We read about Esther fasting. Jesus fasted. If those guys fasted, do you think we should fast? I think we should. Apostle Paul, we read about several different fasts that he went on. And every fast they always went into before there was a great miracle or great breakthrough. And really, just again, it's about positioning ourselves to be in that place where God can take us to the next level. Church as a whole, as us, as the body of Christ, the world harvest, I don't want us to be the same church we were a year ago. I want us to go to a new level. How's that going to happen? As we all work on maturing in our faith. As we work on developing ourselves spiritually. We could come to church. We could be entertained. But church is not about entertainment. It's about growing up. It's about denying the flesh. It's about building our faith. Fasting is about disconnecting from the world and connecting with God. It's about positioning and preparing ourselves for what God has for us. Let, let, let me just read this paragraph here, then I'll wrap up. Fasting, when coupled with prayer, is one of the most powerful spiritual exercises that we can engage in. Over time, the pressures of life, the weaknesses of our flesh, and just the day-to-day -day busyness of, the life, of life itself can weigh us down, causing us to get out of sync to get out of sync with God and his plan for our lives, but fasting helps us hit the reset button and draw closer to God. So again, what can you do over these next three weeks to discipline the flesh and grow closer to God? That's between you and God. But I challenge you to do something starting tomorrow for 21 days. Let's see what God does. Let's see what God does. Just real quickly, I just uh, was reminded, I Y'all have heard me that have been around World Harvest Church for very long have heard me tell the story many times, but I, it, it just is a great testimony to God's goodness. Several years ago, when our kids were still at home, still under our authority, uh, one of our daughters got involved in a bad relationship. It was one of those relationships that as mom and dad, the, the discernment, 
quickly, I mean, just kind of the parents, you know, I'm talking about just kind of the radars. It's like, oop, something's wrong here. Guy was supposedly a Christian guy. He went to a Christian school. But we just realized something in our heart was just was always this check going on in our spirit. Surface-wise, it looked like it was good. But our daughter at that time, she was at the age that if we would have put our foot down and said, no, you cannot see this guy, it would have created the opposite effect because of the age she was at, was. It would have caused a position of rebellion. And so we knew we couldn't confront it that way, but we could have conversations. Every time we'd try to have the conversation about the guy, it was always like, Mom, I know what I'm doing. Dad, I know what I'm doing. Stay out of my life. I know none of you parents have ever been that before, place before with a teenager. But it was several years ago at a time like this that Tammy and I decided, you know what, we know this is not right. Because the more we prayed about it, the more we realized that relationship was not right. So the more we prayed about it, the more we realized that it was not right and that we needed to do something. And so we was coming into the beginning of a year. So Tammy and I, we just set ourselves together. We're going to fast. During our fast, we're going to be believing that, that the only relationship that our daughter can have is God-ordained relationships. And that any wrong relationship in her life will be broken in Jesus' name. We weren't trying to use witchcraft prayers, Lord, take him out. We were just saying, we, we were declaring the word of the Lord, Lord, only the people that you want, okay? In other words, surrendering our will to God's will. God, we want your will, not our will. Because how many of y'all know as a parent, we have our wills? Yeah. So just surrendering, putting into God's hands, surrendered our will to God's will. But we just praying, Lord, we just want only relationships that you want. In any wrong relationship, Lord, we just come against that in Jesus' name. Okay? So we started out at the beginning of this. I was like, they were just close as could be. By the end of 21 days, they had broken up. And she stepped into a new relationship with the man that she married. And we got two grand, two wonderful grandkids by, so you can figure that one out. But let me tell you, God moves and he wants to move. But I, I, this is what just going off my heart, but we need to be in position. See, there's some things that God wants to release into your life this year, into your business this year. But maybe you're out of position. Maybe you're out of position. Dying to that flesh, fasting gets you into that position. For what God's got for you. Amen. Come on, I believe this is your year. I believe we're in a kairos time. This has been a prophetic word that's come during our prayer times. In other words, an appointed season of time that God's going to pour out some things. See, after every trial of our life, there's always a blessing that comes. Because when you endure the storm, when you endure the trial, there's always a harvest. 2020 was a year of trials. It was a year of storms. Now, I said this last week, I think we've still got about three more months, three to six months to go. But on the backside of every storm, there's always a breakthrough. On the backside of every trial, there's always a breakthrough. So I want us to be ready for the breakthrough. Thanks again for listening. We hope that this message inspires, challenges, and fuels you up to take a real Jesus to a real world. If you'd like to connect with us in any way, please go to harvestenid.com connect. Or if you'd like to learn more about us as a church, please go and check us out at harvestenid.com. We can't wait to share another message with you next week.